Welcome to Kane and Baum Podcast, episode number 23. I'm Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Christ Lutheran Church in Baxter, Minnesota, a Wells congregation. We'll begin this episode with God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. Job 6, verses 24 to 30, concluding the chapter. Teach me and I will be quiet. Show me where I have been wrong. How painful are honest words. But what do your arguments prove? Do you mean to correct what I say and treat the words of a despairing man as wind? You would even cast lots for the fatherless and barter away your friend. We'll stop there at verse 27 for a second. Job said, what do your arguments prove? He's now at a point where he challenges Eliphaz and all of his friends. The you in verse 27 is plural. The speech will be picked up later as part of what a fourth friend, Elihu, will challenge in chapter 34. Here in the context of his agony and longing for help, we can hear Job's pain. When he says that they treat the words of a despairing man as wind, he's saying that they're not listening to him, that they're treating his words as being worthless. There is no basis for Job's accusation in verse 27 that they gamble for orphans and even the orphans of their friends. But since Eliphaz has falsely accused Job of hiding a sin, Job is showing that he can toss false accusations in the mix too. This isn't a tactic we would follow as a perfect example of loving behavior, but Job is clutching at the end of his rope. Let's read from verse 28 to verse 30. But now be so kind as to look at me. Would I lie to your face? Relent. Do not be unjust. Reconsider, for my integrity is at stake. Is there any wickedness on my lips? Can my mouth not discern malice? Job is using simple-sounding questions. He asserts, I would never lie to your face, and there is no wickedness at all on my lips, In fact, in Hebrew, Job uses the language of an oath, similar to our our oath if we say, like, so help me. But really what it means is, may terrible things happen to me if I would lie to your face. Job has not cursed God, but he has taken a kind of an oath stating his innocence and the truth of his words to his friends. Now let's look for a second at the uh, the structure of the chapter, chapter 6. It's a longer chapter, and Job's response has followed the usual pattern of the speeches, which is, uh, as I see it, a strophe, then an antistrophe, followed by an epity. A strophe, the first part is a statement, often carried over from the previous chapter. Then an antistrophe, or an anti-strophe, if you will, a question asking the reverse, or a statement expanding on a new thought. And then concluding with an epity, a new statement, or a resolution of the first two statements. Now, Job's speech in this chapter divides as if it were two chapters of about equal length. Chapter 6, 1 to 17, and then in the second half, chapter 6, 18 to 30. So in part 1, the strophe is, Oh, that God would crush me, verses 1 to 10. And then the antistrophe is, But do I have the strength? That's 11 to 13. Followed by the epity or conclusion, My brothers are undependable, verses 14 to 17. Then in part 2, verses 18 to 30, we have, first of all, a strophe. You are no help, like caravans that are lost and can't find water, verses 18 to 23. Then an antistrophe, what do your arguments prove at all, verses 24 to 27, followed by an epity, reconsider, my integrity is at stake. Job was crying out for help. 
when we cry out to God, we need to remember where he speaks to us. Too often, people are misled to believe that when we pray, we should listen for God's answers in our prayers, which usually implies that the way we feel during a prayer is how God is talking to us. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible never says anything of the kind. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. And so to listen to him, we need to get into his word. That means reading it on our own listening to it in church, getting ourselves into a Bible study so that we listen, listen, listen. God's Word is in our hands and in our ears. God's Word is right here. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. The following song is shared by Tracy Fedke from her album Child at Home. It is titled, With You. Remember I 
Our next segment, Freedom in Christ, is shared by Pastor Mark Falk. Today's devotion is Galatians 1, verse 10, entitled, Whose Approval? Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Here we get a hint at the exact accusations that are being leveled at Paul. The false teachers note that he lives among uh, the Jews like a Jew, eating kosher, observing temple protocols, doing all the things that Jews do. Among the Gentiles, he lives a different life. He eats what they eat. He enjoys a good pork roast. The Galatian Gentile Christians have been thrown into turmoil by the false teaching of Christ and, in this case, Christ and the observance of the law of Moses. It was too heavy for the Jews to carry, but these Jewish Christians, as they claimed to be, could not imagine an uncircumcised child of God. They still ate the way God commanded their forebears to eat. Observing customs and special days of worship and eating kosher food would be fine if done voluntarily out of a sense of tradition and respect and even devotion. But when they mandated this life for Gentile believers who would stumble over circumcision as a form of mutilation, and get the impression that being a follower of Jesus and heir of heaven depended on such things, these teachers had gone too far. They were under a curse from God and threat of hell. They had mixed law and gospel, a deadly mixture. But we see how they worked. They attacked the messenger, the person and personality of Paul. How often Satan still disturbs the church in this way. Attack the preacher. Slander the pastor. Let personality stand in the way of truth. What was Paul's big sin? He tried to be all things to all people so that some might be saved. The attacks were slander, lies, straight from hell. Paul was not a people pleaser. He was a servant of God. He did his best to get into the world of his listeners. Faithful pastors still try to do this same thing, to understand people to go where their listeners live. There's a warning implied in this verse, a warning to Christians, a special warning to pastors and preachers. If the accusations were true, Paul would have been guilty of sin. Pastors must strive to imitate Paul, to be evangelical, not to make rules where God's people are free, but also not to pull back from preaching the whole truth and nothing but the truth. If they preach the law as a condemning hammer, and the gospel is the sweet news of salvation, bought and paid for with blood, they do well. God is pleased. But such faithful pastors will be condemned and slandered today as they were then. Count on it. Let us pray that pastors and all Christians resist the one temptation to lay heavy burdens on new Christians, as well as the other temptation to soft-pedal God's word. That all of us, redeemed and forgiven children of God, strive to please God while we serve people. And let us rejoice together that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, covers every sin and shortcoming. Credited as Righteousness Genesis 15, verse 6 Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. The Lord had given Abram a promise. Now with a few short words, we see what separated Abram from the unrighteousness that surrounded him. Faith, and the blessings which are received through faith in the Lord.
righteousness. It wasn't because Abram was willing to sacrifice his son. He hadn't even done that yet. It wasn't because Abram was obedient in any way. He didn't do righteousness. He was credited with righteousness from the Lord. It doesn't say that Abram did anything. It says Abram believed the Lord. That is all. No mention of any deeds. And that faith received God's free gift of righteousness. That is why David could also write by the Spirit's inspiration in Psalm 31, Deliver me in your righteousness. And also write, The one who trusts in you will never be put to shame. That is why the Christ would say, Whoever believes in God's Son will not perish, but have eternal life. That is why the Apostle Paul can rightly pen the words of Ephesians 2, It is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works. And Paul also adds in Romans 6, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the greatest promise given through Abram, the promise for all nations, came to live, die, and rise again in order that we might have forgiveness of sins and the gift of his own righteous life credited to us. All the scriptures declare that this gift is received through faith in the Lord, not by works. It is a terrible crime against the Lord to say that he pays us with a righteousness for what we have done. It not only robs the Lord of his glory and his grace, but it gives reason for the sinner to boast in himself when he has no real reason. Abram could not boast before God of good works, nor can you or I, but we can boast in Christ. We can boast in his cross, which took our punishment, and his resurrection, which assures us that we are credited as righteous. It all hinges on the word of the Lord, on his gracious promise, his faithfulness. And it means that you find rest for your soul, credited by God as righteous through faith in Jesus our Lord. We'll close with the hymn, When God the Spirit Came. Performed by Koine. God the Spirit came upon his church outpoured in sound of wind and sign of flame. They spread his truth abroad.
Christ alone, the Lord who lived and died, who rose to His eternal throne at God the Father's side, and filled with the Spirit, the church was multiplied. So to this present hour. Our task is still the same In Pentecostal love and power His gospel to Thank you for joining us today. This was episode 23 of Canaanbaum Podcast, first shared in May of 2013. We'd like to thank the artist featured in this podcast, Tracy Fedke. Her album Child at Home can be found at tracyfedke.com and also the band Koine. Visit koinemusic.com. Once again, my name is Tom Barthel. Glad to be serving you as your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit a Wells location near you. Visit wells.net. Thanks for listening. <laughs>